Engaging sermons on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. Brothers and sisters, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that he may grant you, in accord with the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner self, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the holy ones what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O bless the Lord, my soul. O bless the Lord, my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all my being. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. O bless the Lord, my soul. He pardons all your iniquities. He heals all your ills. He redeems your life from destruction, crowns you with kindness and compassion. O bless the Lord, my soul. Merciful and gracious is the Lord, slow to anger and abounding in kindness. He will not always chide, nor does he keep his wrath forever. O bless the Lord, my soul. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. Oh, bless the Lord, my soul. But the kindness of the Lord is from eternity to eternity toward those who fear him, and his justice toward his children's children among those who keep his covenant. Oh, bless the Lord, my soul. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time Jesus responded, I give you praise, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to the childlike. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal Him. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. You will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy, and my burden light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. She was a 20th century saint from Poland. Saint Maria Faustina Kowalska. She was a member of the Congregation of the Sisters of Our Lady of Mercy. And it was mercy indeed that the Lord chose to reveal to her in a particular way. Now let's understand something. 
You may be familiar already with the diary of St. Faustina and her special conversations with Jesus and the revelations he gave to her. But brothers and sisters, God has revealed his mercy to us all. His mercy is revealed in his word. His mercy is revealed in the public act of self-offering that he gave us on Calvary. His mercy is revealed every time the gospel is proclaimed. His mercy is revealed in the sacraments, especially here on this altar. This is my body given for you. This is his mercy. But sometimes, in order to give us a special little nudge, in order to put a little accent mark on some aspect of the public revelation he has already bestowed on us, God will give special revelations to individual people. These are extras. These are special little gifts of the Lord to enable the whole church to reaffirm not something new, but something that has already been handed on as part of the deposit of faith, part of the revelation. That's the case here. We can look at the revelations God gave to St. Faustina, and in them we find, and of course if they're from God, which they are, they're always going to be consistent with what God has said in other places, and in his revealed word. So what are we seeing here? We're seeing the mercy of Jesus. Now this image of divine mercy that uh, I pointed out a moment ago that we have behind the altar, many of you are familiar with it, and Jesus revealed it to St. Faustina, and the rays are coming from his heart, the blood and the water, and hence you see the pale color representing the water and the red representing the blood from his side, from his pierced side, and the opening prayer referred to that pierced side. We see his mercy flowing out. We see the blood and water. And brothers and sisters, this has deep biblical roots. You know, I knew the, the postulator of St. Faustina's cause and the principal translator of her diary just passed away not that long ago. Father Seraphim Michalenko, and he and I had many discussions about St. Faustina and the revelations of divine mercy. And Father Seraphim explained to me this image of his mercy and the rays coming out. The rays are not going down. Pictures show that because they're just two-dimensional. They're actually coming straight out at you. And what is that moment of Jesus in that picture? Well, in the Old Testament, the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies, right in the, in the inner sanctum of the temple, to make expiation to God for the sins of the people and to sprinkle blood of animals. And then he would come out after that ritual. He would come out of the temple and proclaim to the people that their sins were forgiven. The letter to the Hebrews gives the new covenant fulfillment of that Old Testament ritual and says that Jesus is now the high priest, not simply human but divine, not offering the blood of animals but offering his own blood, not entering into a man-made sanctuary, although it was made according to the instructions of God, but entering into heaven itself, God's sanctuary, and offering that atonement of blood 
And now, having accomplished through his crucifixion, death, and resurrection, that act of atonement that doesn't have to be repeated each year but is good once for all, he comes out as the great high priest and announces to us, his people, that our sins are forgiven. The rays, the blood and water came forth from his side, showing us, telling us, that now we have a river of cleansing. We are made white by being washed in the blood of the Lamb. His mercy. His mercy is so needed because all of us sin every day. Never be discouraged by your sins. Even by those that you feel you aren't quite even able to repent of yet. Ask for that grace of repentance. God is eager to give it to you. And upon that repentance, He is more eager to forgive you than you are eager to be forgiven. Mercy is great because sin is profoundly evil. We don't do any favors to spreading God's mercy if we minimize sin. No, we look at sin for what it is. And then we can truly appreciate how great the mercy is. God spoke to Faustina, and she wrote about those conversations in her diary, thick book. At one occasion, and let me read from the diary number 1276, on at least three occasions, she said, from 8 to 11 in the evening, she felt like her insides were being torn apart. She suffered so much that she thought she was going to die. The doctors couldn't figure out what was ailing her, and no medication was able to alleviate her sufferings. Now, this is from a writing, actually, of Father uh, Seraphim, whom I referred to, referring to diary tw number 1276. And then listen to this about the interpretation of these pains. Later, she was given to understand that she was undergoing those pains for mothers who were aborting their children. In revealing to this saint, whom the church observes today, the riches of his mercy, and his mercy covers all sins, God pointed out to her this particular sin of abortion by having her feel these pains. Why? Well, because... And let me read these additional words of Father Seraphim. On another occasion, she had a vision of an angel coming with thunderbolts to destroy one of the most beautiful cities of her country, Poland. And she felt powerless to do anything about it. That's from number 474 of her diary. What antidote did the Lord give her? The chaplet of divine mercy. That's the chaplet many of you pray, many in the pro-life movement pray it. We say, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. And then we say to the Father that we offer him the sacrifice of Jesus, his body and blood, for the forgiveness of all sins. St. Faustina explained that the city, which was Warsaw, was to be chastised for its sins, and she was asked by her confessor, any sin in particular? 
Yes, she said, the sin of abortion. Brothers and sisters, this is a tremendous offense against God to take the most innocent of human beings at the weakest and most vulnerable point in their lives, so weak, so vulnerable, that they cannot survive outside the womb. Of course, some who are already able to do so are still aborted anyway. And then they are, they are killed. And God said to St. Faustina, especially for that sin, pray for the mercy of God to come upon the world. And that's why this chaplet of divine mercy and the devotion to divine mercy is so popular among the pro-life movement. Because we know that as we stand against the evil of abortion, proclaiming the gospel of life, that this is also the gospel of mercy. And that we do not reject those who have abortions, but rather welcome them back to the peace and mercy of Christ. We have Rachel's Vineyard, the largest ministry in the world for healing those that have had abortions. I serve as the pastoral director of that ministry worldwide because it's a ministry of priests for life. And we offer about a thousand retreats every year to bring back people who are suffering, not only the moms, but the dads, the grandparents, the siblings. At the end of this Mass, I'm going to play a, a video where you'll see a little bit more about how we are proclaiming the mercy of God and healing those that are impacted in multiple ways by the devastation of abortion. Many of those who come through Rachel's Vineyard healing then become silent no more. They want to share their stories with others. Not all are called to do this, but some are. And we help them discern that call and then carry it out. The Silent No More campaign, this coming January, this campaign will be 20 years old. And we have for 20 years been giving people the opportunity to say, I regret my abortion. I regret lost fatherhood, the men proclaim. See it at silentnomore.com. Share those stories. For you to share those stories is a way of promoting divine mercy. Because someone hearing those stories, and they are proclaimed on the internet, they are proclaimed at marches and gatherings and rallies, they are proclaimed on television and radio, in legislative hearings and other kinds of gatherings. People who have had abortions are going to be able to know that there is hope for me, there is mercy, there is forgiveness. And if someone is hearing those testimonies about people who had their children killed and nevertheless found the forgiveness of God, they will also say to themselves, I have sinned, not by abortion, but if she can find mercy, then there's hope for me too. It's a way of evangelization. And we have presented this at the highest levels of the church as a way of evangelization and have been warmly received at the highest levels of the church. I've spoken to Pope Francis five times about this. 
And you'll see in the video at the end of Mass, the papal nuncio, Archbishop Vigano, at the time when he was in that position, thanking us for proclaiming divine mercy in this way. Be part of this movement. Be part of Silent No More, because it is a way of honoring St. Faustina and of worshiping the Lord of mercy, our great high priest, who brings us the forgiveness of our sins through his own blood, Jesus Christ, our Savior. May all those locked in the silence and shame of sin, from abortion or any other sin, today have new hope in the infinite mercy of our Savior. Amen. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.